Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls. We're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives. I pray that you are walking by faith and not by sight. We are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am once again out on my front porch. So I apologize for the wind that is blowing, for the birds that are humming, and the wind chimes, and the vehicles going back and forth. But I love Texas. I love Central Texas. And I love sitting on my porch at this time of the day. Welcome, one and all. Okay, I want to talk about 10 signs you are attending an apostate church oh yes my friend these wolves in these fake mega churches and small local churches they are howling all across america and they travel in packs and they all have business strategies on how to depart you from your money with that false doctrine of tithing and sowing seeds. And so I want to give us a listing of what to look out for and to let you know without a shadow of a doubt, you are attending an apostate church. So let's just all get the understanding of what apostate is. It means one who has fallen from the true and living God, who has fallen from sound doctrine, biblical doctrine, teachings of Jesus. They have fallen from that, and now they have sermons that will tickle your ears, preaching on prosperity, preaching on word of faith. What you say is what you get, and they also teach on health. So, they are not teaching on sin. They're not teaching that if you don't stop sinning, you will go to hell. They ain't preaching on none of that. Why? It doesn't feel good to the carnal Christian who's sitting in there just coming back from a night of partying, just coming back from a night of sleeping around, carousing and drinking and having big fun in Sin City. Oh no, they are not going to offend you. And the question on the floor is why? Why? And all good consciousness. If they think that the Lord Jesus Christ sent them, then why aren't they not teaching on sin? The reason why they're not teaching on sin, they ain't going to touch it, is because they want your money. Let me tell you something. The carnal Christian or the fake, convert he ain't trying to hear about his sin 
being exposed. And if you want him to give up that money, oh, you ain't going to talk about sin and repentance. Repentance to the fake apostate preacher is kryptonite. Okay. They actually see that as a poor marketing strategy. What? What do you mean repentance is a poor marketing strategy? Because they hire outside worldly uh, counsel and and business uh, people to come in to their mega churches to show them business models. What? Worldly, yes, worldly business models on how to attract uh, sinners to come on in there and to um, include them supposedly into the body of Christ, okay? And we'll let them know that it's okay to be in your sins because after all, God knows that we are all humans. And so due to humanism and all of this seeker-friendly, they are not going to teach you about God's wrath. God's wrath is just as real as his love. As a matter of fact, that is his love. He is not going to let you just, you know, walk yourself to hell without letting you know, wait a minute, you, you need to turn around because you are on a slippery slope to meet with Satan head on. So, like I said, I want to give you all 10 signs that you are attending one of these corrupt, apostate, and fallen from grace church. Okay, so, my friend. Look, the reason why we are all sharing this this understanding, those of us who are who are being sent by the Lord Jesus Christ to go out into his harvest and preach this message on repentance, because you see, my ministry, back to God ministries, um, I am not a pastor or a preacher. I don't have a physical church. Um, this body, thank you, Holy Spirit. This body is a temple of the Lord. And so we who are in Christ are like little churches walking around. And so I don't need to have a physical building to preach God's word. He has commissioned and commanded me with the ministry of repentance and to exhort the body of Christ on the corruption in these apostate churches and, and to expose all the corruption that's going on in these churches to let his people know we need to come out from amongst these wolves or we too will suffer in their punishment. And so at the end of the day, when when Jesus calls us out of our bodysuits, there's going to be no excuse for it all. You can say, well, I didn't know that he was a wolf or uh, I didn't know what you said in your word. Nope. Nope. That is why. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I love you. Bless your holy name. That is why he's being patient with us. That is why he hasn't just come right now and just sent everybody to hell. That's not his will. His will is for no one to perish, but for all of us to come to repentance and to stop sinning, turn to him and obey him and follow him. That's his will. And then everything else that's in your life that's, that is a problem, don't you think that he has the, the remedies for all of that? 
it is called his Holy Spirit and his love to give us wisdom to know that all of the problems, right, Holy Spirit, all of the problems we have in our lives is due to sin, right? Well, no, it's because um, I'm married to this man and, and, and he's an unbeliever and all he wants to do is sin. Okay, well, then how about this? Maybe if you all didn't sleep together prior to the marriage, right? And you would have been in, in deep study with, with the Lord and he would have given you some wisdom that that's not the man for you. But because we, come on now, come on, wake up. We cannot deceive ourselves. We choose we choose the wrong partners because 99.9% .9 of the time we were in fornication with them prior to us getting married and that blinded our eyes we didn't have the wisdom of god why because we were in sin let me tell you something when you are in willful sin guess what you're not going to hear from god why he is not going to strive with you in your fornication especially this is what you want to do and you sitting out the sexy and you and you and you putting out the uh, jezebel spirit on that man captivated him so now you have him at your will and beck and command and so you all get married okay and you thought that okay well you know what i'll fix him i'll make him my my a project in life to get him on the straight and the narrow and guess what like i too had to find out the hard way you ain't gonna change somebody who don't want to be changed it ain't happening all that's going to do is drive you crazy okay and it's going to put you in the flesh and you are not going to be hearing from jesus you're not going to be hearing from the father and you're not going to heed to what the holy spirit is telling you to come up out of that relationship turn back to god and remain single you got some work that needs to be done so don't come crying to the lord at the end of the day talking about how how you didn't know that, that this man was going to drag you to hell right along with him. Absolutely not. So, wait a minute. See, y'all got me off on this tangent. I almost forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> Anywho, like I was saying, getting back to the, to this list of the, of the 10, of the 10, apostate churches and how you would know because these are signs okay number one here we go how you know you are attending an apostate church where the false doctrine of tithing is being practiced now many of you are going to want to cry you're going to want to fight you're going to want to defend this one this one out of the 613 ancient laws of moses why because you believe the lie that your fake pastor and your fake bishop and your fake elders and deacon told you that in order for god to bless you you got to pay him some money as if God is the mafia. I keep telling you all, God is not the mafia. We do not have to pay him any money for protection, for health and wealth. It's not happening. That doctrine, okay, is from those greedy pastors. And let me just say this, all those false teachers with their smooth butter words, they will deceive you, okay? They will deceive you that because you don't want to study for yourself 
you don't want to study and show yourself approved because if you study Galatians chapters 2, chapters 3, and chapter 5, you will be released and set free from the false doctrine of tithing because let me tell you this, okay, tithing, okay, was never, thank you Holy Spirit, it was never about money in the first place because they will love to beat you in the head with Malachi 3, uh, 3.10 talking about that we are robbing God because we are not bring, bringing in his tithes and offerings and if we do so then God is going to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that you won't have room enough for it. I done heard it all. Like I said, I sat up under all of these wolves in sheep clothing. Why? Because in my sins and in my greed for money, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it was good to hear that if, if I give God money, oh, he going to give me some money back and more than what I gave him. And, and, and he's going to heal this sick body that I put it under condemnation because I wasn't eating right, I wasn't sleeping right, I was I was smoking and drinking and doing all these things that destroyed this body. And so now, what you mean to tell me is that if I give God money, He gonna heal me? Oh, here, take all my money. So no, the tide was um um actually that Malachi three ten verse. It wasn't for Israel, and it was and it definitely wasn't for the twenty first century believer in Christ. Christ. No, that was for those corrupt priests at the time, okay? And and uh, the tithe was crops, it was uh, fruits, and it was grains, and it was meat. It was never about money. And then anyway, only the Levitical priesthood was authorized by God to accept the tithe, the tithe, and the offerings. So when you have this fake apostate preacher talking about bring me your tithes, he is out of order. He is not of the Levitical priesthood people. We got to study the Bibles for ourselves or we are falling for this lie hook and sinker. Now look, like I said, that tithe was never about money. It was always about the crops. It was always about the animals. And look, okay, since that fake pastor wants to constantly put out his false doctrine of tithing, you all are not even tithing correctly anyway. For all y'all who wants to scream and shout, no, 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 everybody tithe. What you mean? Yes, we have been tithing for a decades. No. Listen, part of that tithing ceremony was you also had to sacrifice an animal. Okay? Is, is the preacher telling you to, to bring your, your a lamb and your and your cattle with you um at next Sunday service? So that when you give up the tithe, that you can also properly uh, uh, fulfill the uh, ceremony. No, because no one got cattle farms. No one got sheep. And no one got a, a, a whole farm of grain and crops. He's lying to you all. Listen, we got to wake up. Okay. Now. These pastors are so arrogant. And so bold in their lust for greed is that what they don't realize as they on one hand teaching teaching you about grace and how we are now in the a new covenant and now how we up under the, the blood of Christ 
if we are that and we are that, could you see, that's what they do. They sprinkle in a little bit of the truth mixing with the whole big lie, right? And so when, when they do that, then they get you to believe everything else. And so by them saying that we are under grace, if we are so much under grace, then why are they still having you tithe? Tithing is part of the law. And we have no business being involved in the law. Okay, so now look. Here we go. Wait a minute. My phone is acting up because... Hold on a minute. I have my list. But anyway, we cannot fall for the lie. Where is my list? You know what? I'm, I'm starting to really hate my phone. I really am. Because if it's not picking up my audio... Here we go. If it's not picking up my audio, because I've been listening to my podcast too, and sometimes right in the middle of it, it is like the volume just go down real low. So I, I apologize in advance that if you are ever listening to my podcast and the volume just go low, just, you know, like fast forward through it and it like it picks up. So I do apologize for that. So anyway, here we go. So like I was saying about the law. Just so we are all clear, because there is a lot of confusion in the body of Christ um, with with this question. Are we still under the law or are we under grace? Because I can understand why you are confused because that fake pastor tells you one thing and he brings you back into the law and then he brings you back up under grace. Now, look, Jesus nailed that law. And he gave us two new laws in Matthew chapter 22, okay? Because when Jesus died on the cross, he was the only one that can be the sinless, perfect sacrifice because he was the only one that completely and fully accomplished every requirement, every ordinance, every command that was given. And that is why uh, that is why God the Father accepted his sacrifice. And so he nailed that and so he nailed all those laws to the cross when he died, was buried, and he rose again. And so now he says that we are now under a new covenant, the blood covenant, right? And so, and he has now set us free from the penalty that comes from when we don't follow the law. Yes, the law, the law is holy, is good. And it is righteous and it is still in effect before the sinner. Because if you're not in Christ, then you're gonna you then you are going to have to answer for your own sins. And you uh, we all know that we have broken each and every one of God's commandments. So when Jesus nailed that law to the cross, he gave us two new laws. Like I said, we find them in Matthew tw- uh, chapter 22, and that we are to one to love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, and strength. And number two, we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. For in these two, all of the law and the prophet hang on them. So, I got my trumpet out. If you do tithing, which includes the sacrificing of animals, okay, okay, and since none of us have a cattle farm, okay, that means you have to do them all. Yes, all the remaining 612 in their full entirety. Because look, these apostates, they love this pet doctrine of tithing. Why? Because it ladens their pockets to pay for that mansion. 
to pay for that college tuition for their kids and all of their shopping sprees. They are all living with no shame. They just hoarding while the hurting and the homeless are right in their neighborhoods. And worse than that, they're lying on God. They're, look, they are telling you, you are under a curse. Twisting them Old Testament scriptures, like I said, using Malachi 3.10 and Melchizedek in the New Testament. And just for the record, that whole Melchizedek story in, um, Hebrew, in, in the book of Hebrews, that wasn't the doctrine to start tithing just because it's mentioned in the New Testament, you fake, phony pastor, okay? No, that was just an account of a story about how Abraham ran into Melchizedek on the way back from a victory in battle. And the reason why Melchizedek name even came up in the first place was because the writer of Hebrews was highlighting Jesus as now being our high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So as a side note to the to the uh, exalting of Jesus cuz he's the centerpiece pastor wolf, okay? In the in in the book of Hebrews is Jesus, okay? And so as a side note, the writers of Hebrew took us on a little journey about Mel Melchizedek to highlight how how he was so great that even Father Abraham, and we all know the great victory with Father Abraham. So they were saying that how Melchizedek was so great and so lifted up that even Father Abraham tied to him. And he didn't tie no money. He tied him the spoils of the victory. So it was just, Pastor, it was just a recounting of a of a of a story as a sidebar thank you holy spirit a sidebar to to illustrate and to highlight jesus as our high priest in the order of melchizedek and the fact that it mentioned abraham tied into him these fake pastors these fake apostate churches they all rallied around oh okay this is how we can get our money because you see over here in the a new testament tithing is taking place no it's just a highlight sidebar of a story about who tied to whom and that's it okay so now look the bible clearly tells us that the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom when jesus shed his blood and took his last breath it was done we are no longer under the commandments of the law why because those two commandments that jesus gave us all of that if we hold on to those two all of the law is wrapped up in that it is not based on works anymore that make us righteous with god it is now based on love and faith through christ that that makes us to be in right standing with him is what jesus did for us up on that cross and when we say yes to him when we repent and we lay down this sin and we say yes lord you know what i'm a sinner i'm in desperate need of a savior save me and with that shed blood that was sprinkled on the mercy seat of god it appeased his anger and he took out his penalty and wrath on jesus when it was rightly due to us and so for that pastor 
to put us back under the law. I don't care what he say about how um, this tithe and money is used for to keep the lights on, to keep the building running, to make sure that the that the uh, the grounds are well kept, and so that we can pay salaries. Absolutely not, because look in the New Testament. Paul talks about the giver, that when we give cheerfully, okay, out of our hearts, not under compulsion, not under the false doctrine of tithing, giving up the 10%, because listen, and this is a fact, okay, for all of y'all who want to keep defending your wolf of a pastor, okay, if he's teaching the full counsel of God, and you feeling convicted in your spirit that you need to stop sinning and you need to uh, clean up and fly right and return back to God. Oh, you are going to give him whatever in your heart to give. And so he ain't got to worry about how he's going to keep the lights on. He ain't got to worry about how his um, activities are going to be funded. Why? Because the congregation will generously, generously, Give up the money. You ain't got to trick us. You ain't got to manipulate us. And you don't have to scheme us out of our money, Pastor Wolf. This is not the streets. Okay? Out there in the world, that's what con men do. That's what pimp daddies do. They will stroke that ego, um, ego telling you whatever you want so that they can take you for everything you got. Number two. How we know that we are attending an apostate church. If you find in the midst of the fellowship the exalting of holy hip-hop or gospel hip-hop or gospel rappers, my friends, that's an apostate church. I can't express enough the eternal dangers of Christians who are being encouraged to rap and do poetry. This is a new movement, my friends that has really swept through the fellowships in America in the last decade like never before. But let me help you understand this, my friend. That's self-expression and self-exaltation. You will find that this thing has become very popular where our youth are being encouraged by the youth pastors in these apostate churches to compete with poetry, open mic and rapping and the greatest deception and this is so serious and so subtle but the youth are actually being encouraged to rap scriptures yes i know yes to rap scriptures could you imagine how sacrilegious that is thank you holy spirit to talk about god lyrically for competition friend we have been deceived Emulation is a sin, and you'll find it in Galatians 5, verses 17 through 23. Emulation is competing to outdo someone else, to do better than someone else. We don't do that as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So wherever you find a pastor, allowing the youth pastors to promote this hip-hop genre of music and expression that's an apostate fellowship, my friends. Number three, entertainment. When you see them doing what they're calling Christian plays, where they're actually talking about God, talking about the scriptures, saying, oh, OMG, hallelujah, praise the Lord. They're actually using sacred language. You need to get up out of there and run. 
my friends, that is an apostate church. You should get your hat, get your coat, and run for your life. Tell your friends and your families, we have been duped. Whoever direct those plays and write those plays, I don't care how famous he or she is. You are in an apostate church and that person is not a man of God. They are apostate and they are serving the other kingdom. Yes, they are. Oh, yes. And their God, little G, is the ruler over the entertainment industry. And once he gets and once he gets in. And once he desensitizes you and no longer, no longer is there a defining line between what is sacred and what is secular and secular is to be without God. Number four. Okay. I am giving you 10 signs that you are attending an apostate church. Number four, if you are required, oh, this one is really crazy, y'all. If you are required to stand up and pay homage to that bishop and his ladybug called First Lady, make no mistake, that is an apostate leader. Anywhere you find people exalting the so-called man of God as their bishop or that's my pastor, quote-unquote, you are deceived, my friend. You and I are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we should regard each other as such. We should regard one another as sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. All those other titles, we are deceived. Jesus even said that we are brothers and sisters. Paul, who wrote 13 letters, 13 epistles, and not one time did Paul regard himself as Apostle Paul. He was Paul, comma, a servant of Jesus Christ, comma, called to be an apostle with a little a. So wherever they are exalting that person, run for your life. If they are being escorted in, like there's some kind of celebrity run for your life. They are exalting themselves and they have an agenda and it is not to lift up our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Number five, if you are in a church, now hear me and hear me well. If the woman that is the pastor's wife is being called a first lady, that is an apostate church, my friend. They are falling from the Christ and they are exalting themselves over you, my friend. I don't care how sweet and nice she is. I don't care how many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches they give to the poor. They are apostate. And don't ever forget, my friend, a broken clock can be correct twice in one day. What am I saying to you, my friend? I'm saying just because a person is corrupt and apostate doesn't mean that they don't have quote unquote good acts. They can do some stuff right, but ultimately Jesus Christ shed blood is not, absolutely not the centerpiece of that fellowship. It can't be because he is not going to compete with Ladybug First Lady. He ain't doing it. Number six, any pastor that brings politicians in his pulpit is apostate, my friend. 
They are not sent by Jesus. Any preacher that brings a politician or gets on a political agenda and begins to advocate for a politician is apostate. I'll say it again. Any preacher pushing political agendas is not of God. They are apostate. Number seven. And we're about to round out this list of 10 signs that you will know if you are attending an apostate church. Number seven, any preacher that is living a lavish lifestyle with no shame, he's apostate too. The preacher, the true messengers, listen, we are called to lay down our lives to serve you. They come on this side through that false doctrine of tithing. They start getting all your money. They start buying mansions and six-figure luxury vehicles, shopping every week at Nordstrom's and Neiman Marcus's. And they claim they're soldiers and generals in the army of God. Really? But yet, they carry on just like their secular celebrities. Oh, you should see them. Okay, friend, listen, don't be deceived. If you are in a church and that so-called pastor is living off the hog and have deceived you into thinking they deserve it, run. That's what makes this so wicked. If you think, now listen, if you think a preacher deserves a mansion while you come into his church on the bus and you can barely afford that 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 low cost rent in the first place and if you think they deserve that 20 million dollar mansion them cars and lands you are deceived my friend jesus took off deity he was born in a manger where animal saliva and regurgitated food were he was born in a feeding trough now you will believe that this messenger with all of his armor bearers and ladybugs, a.k.a. first lady, wearing all this expensive attire and clothing and shoes and jewelry, deserve it? Really? And don't fall for, for the lie that the mega church's uh, uh, fake pastor is telling you, no, Jesus was rich. Oh, Jesus had lots of money because when those wise men came, they brought him gold and frankincense and myrrh. Oh, he was rich. By the time Jesus was two, oh, he was filthy rich. Oh, he rode in on a, um, a donkey that was never used before. In today's modern terms, oh, that would have been a, a, a SUV. I am slapping my forehead, people. Wake up. Don't fall for the lie. I fell for it. That's why Jesus has commissioned me to now tell you what I learned. I had to learn the hard way. So I'm trying to bring these excitations and these lessons and these lists to you so that you don't waste your time and your energy and your money falling away from Christ back onto that broad road. Because why? Because the pastor and his ladybug, they, they want to go off on shopping sprees to uh, Nordstrom's and, and Saks Fifth Avenue. I don't think so. So any preacher that's living lavishly in a mansion and being escorted around, he is apostate. This is foolishness, my friends. We need to wake up. That's an apostate church. Number eight, 
comedians in the pulpit. Wherever you find a church where comedians are up in that platform mocking God and wherever you find a pastor who has put a jester in front of you, that's an apostate preacher too. Let's be clear about it. I don't care how eloquent he is. I don't care how many books and CDs and DVDs they merchandise and peddle to God's people. That is an apostate preacher and you need to run. Comedian joking is not something that is in the scriptures, my friend. Jesting is sin. God don't like us making jokes about holy matters. That is definitely an apostate church and that leader, he need a whooping. So run for your life, your lives. Number nine, here we go. Here we go. Wherever the sower seed doctrine is run, anybody that tells you that godliness is gain, they are corrupt in their minds and you need to run from them. Second Timothy six, Paul warned us through his letter to Timothy. Anybody that tells you that if you give God money, he's going to bless you. That is a corrupt preacher. Read 2 Timothy chapter 6. Read the entire chapter, my friend. He said godliness with contentment is great gain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And he said clearly that anybody that teaches you that godliness is gain, get away from them. Get away from them now. Number 10, last but not least, if you are in a church and you keep listening to a preacher and you never feel conviction, you never feel something like, man, I need to make some changes. Listen, friends, at the end of the day, we all need to stop, think, and consider our ways constantly why? Because God is serious about his son. God is serious about Jesus. And he ain't playing with us when it comes to this sin. To this sin. And he ain't playing with us trampling over the blood of his precious son. And we cannot, my friend, allow anyone to remove us from the reality that we are going to die. It is appointed unto man to die one time, and then you and I will be judged, okay? Now, for us who are in Christ, our judgment is going to be wonderful. It is called the judgment seat of Christ or the Bema seat, okay? Where for the, the true follower of Jesus Christ, when we face that judgment, it is not going to be about our sin. That was taken care of taken care of at the cross that judgment seat for us will be where where our works will be tried by fire it will either come out as gold or um what is it silver or and precious stones or wood hay or stubble at the end of the day that is where we get our rewards and crowns based off the works the the fruits of our repentive life that's where we get our our rewards but 
that great white throne judgment, oh, that's going to be for the sinner from all of time of history that will stand before Jesus as their righteous judge to pronounce them that their names are not found in that land's book of life. And he will have his angel come with that big old chain and cast you into the lake of fire. Don't let these fake pastors fool you, okay? Because look, the purpose of a preacher or teacher, the ones that have been truly sent by God, okay, is to prepare you to meet God. Because that's our job. It's preparation to show you, to sound the alarm, to let you know, and to make you see where you can be trapped and snared. Listen, we are not hating on your so-called fun. We ain't hating on you in them yoga pants where you off at the class worshiping demons because that's what you're doing, okay? We are not trying to take that blunt out of your hand because we hating on you. No, we are trying to let you know those wicked activities that you are involved in will send you to hell. And I don't care what this world say is okay for you to do. Yeah, my pastor has weekly yoga classes down at the church on Sunday or on Saturday mornings. Yeah, well, the a governor of state so-and-so has now legalized the uh, use of rec recreational marijuana. Oh, well, this state has now authorized and sanctioned that two men can marry each other and two women can now live and quote-unquote blissful homosexual life. Absolutely not. You will go to hell for those things. And let us not forget. 1 Corinthians verse uh, chapter 6, verses 9 through 10, okay? Because there is going to be no excuse to God talking about how you didn't know what you was doing was a sin. The Bible says it is written, or, or do you not understand that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminates. And that's, you know, those men who love to dress up in women's clothing, transvestites. They ain't getting in either. Nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, and nor the swindlers. The con men ain't getting in. The one who likes to slander people's character and talk negatively about them, y'all ain't getting in either. He says that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And why would you let any pastor fool you when you are being taught the actual truth? Go back, confront that pastor. I challenge each and every one of you to pull your pastor to the side if you find, if you, if you, if any, any one of these 10 signs I showed you is going on in your church, you have every right as a child of God in the body of Christ to request a meeting with your pastor to find out what's going on and why is he allowing this? Why is he allowing the uh, men and women on the praise team to, par to parade around in nakedness? Why is he allowing his ladybug, first lady, okay, to uh, walk around with all these tight-fitting spandex dresses, full beat makeup? Listen, 
Ain't nothing wrong with makeup. I'm talking about diva makeup. Eyelashes out the hair, all those deep colors on their lips. Uh, uh, their uh, mascara eyeliner is from here all the way winged out to here. Them long claw nails, that long Italian hair all the way down to their buttocks where they just flipping it over their shoulders like as if they got the Jezebel spirit on them. Why is he putting y'all back up under a bondage with that false doctrine of tithing? Why is he letting the uh, a homosexual choir director week after week stand up there in all of his flaming homosexuality, okay, on full display of people who are sincerely looking for God and want to know what they need to do to get into heaven? So you have every right, precious, to go and request a meeting of that pastor that you want to keep paying your 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 ransom money to. Because thank you, Holy Spirit. That's what I'm going to start calling it, ransom money, okay, and payoff money, okay? You have every right to go and speak to him. But I can tell you, I can always save you the time and the trouble and the headache because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You ain't going to get that meeting, precious, you, you are not going to get that uh, meeting because you know why? Because he know what he doing. He knows that if you coming in there with any questioning, he going to have a problem. So no, he ain't going to meet with you. And so in closing, and I like to close with this, okay? Your soul is precious to our Heavenly Father. It is so precious that he sent his son Jesus to come down here to save it. So why would any pastor want to drag your soul back to perdition, drag you back to the world, drag you back to, um, to all of your addictions? At the end of the day, the most precious word that any preacher can ever tell you is repent. This, my friend, is the love language of heaven. So if you ain't hearing repent, if you're not hearing that man tell you to come out of your fornication, out of your lying, out of your stealing, out of your masturbation, out of your anger, out of your homosexuality, uh, out of your pride, friend, you are in an apostate fellowship. So there you have it, my friends. Ten signs that you are in an apostate church. Listen. Eternity is too long to be wrong. I don't care, my friend, if a hundred thousand people call themselves a member of that church. Don't you blink. Don't you think twice. You get your hat, you get your coat, and you run for your life. And with that, I say be well, my friends. Until next time, Lord willing, I speak to you all soon. Bye for now. you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.